cliffcentral.com. Monday mornings are a good time to kind of take stock of, you know, your, your own mental health, your own psychological situation. And it's going to be okay is what we've decided to call this. Dr. Hanan Bushkin is our guest, and he is every Monday. Hey, Dr. Hanan, how are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? Do you have a good weekend? Uh, yeah, it was a power weekend. I, uh, I got vaccinated on Friday. Oh, wow. So okay. It was a good weekend. Actually, I rebelled for a while. I was up for it uh, a couple of months ago, and I decided I was going to wait. And uh, Friday was the day that I decided to go. So what made you make the, make the decision? Because that's what I'm interested in with a lot of people. So uh, for a long time, I weighed up the value versus the cost of it. Mm. And um, it was always it was always much more valuable for me to wait and get more data and more information. Mm-hmm. And uh, it reached a tipping point with my mom around and my wife and the kids and the uh, and the people around me that I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. So that's Good what happened you. on Friday. Yeah, I mean, really, the the answer to that, if anyone does ask you uh, if you're vaccinated or not, is to just tell them it's none of your business. So you, I'm glad you answered mine, but <laughs> but you don't have to. All right, so. Dr. Hanan, let's talk about something that I think a lot of us are struggling with at the moment. Um, it seems that every day we hear about someone we know that's either died or is in hospital. And lately it is mostly COVID related. Our social media is full of rest in peace messages. Um, their messages praying for people, hope, support. Someone's in ICU. These are our friends, our family members, and often our colleagues. And then there are also suicides, which are a consequence of this. Now, earlier this year, the New York Times published an article claiming that for each person who dies from COVID-19, there are nine newly bereaved people and that America is facing a grief crisis. Now, do you think South Africa is headed the same way? Because we've been in similar waters before with HIV AIDS. Do we as a nation have the potential grief pandemic that the Americans do? And how do we deal with this on an individual level? How do we deal with overwhelmingly and, and seemingly endless cycles of loss? on a personal level. How do, you, how do you think we can start to cope with this and grapple with this? So grief is, is so difficult to, to deal with. Well, the definition of grief is when your world goes from A to B and your head and heart don't have time to make sense of it. So your world changes and your head can kind of go, well, I can see what happened, but your heart's not willing to accept it. You know, we are all addicted to familiarity, so we all want to hold on to what it was as, as, a, as opposed to accept what it is. And grief is that a process of going from what it was to eventual acceptance of what it is. And people don't want to do that. People don't want to do that. And I understand, you know, when you lose a person that represented something in your life, you lose a person that took up space in your life. When that person is gone, your brain goes, I don't like this new world because it is a brand new world. And grief is one of those things where there's no, there's no rationale to making sense of things. You have to go through it. So to get through, to get to it, you got to go through it. It's actually the most taxing, taxing thing that I can see in my practice because usually when it comes to any disorder, you know, you can help people make sense of things and then they leave your office and they feel really good because You've just gone one plus one equals two, and they feel, mm. okay, I get it. That makes right. sense to me. I feel empowered. But with grief, what's the explanation? Mm. Even if you have somebody that's super religious and they really make sense of it according to their, to their own Bible and their own religion, yeah. it's still they leave the office and go, this doesn't make sense to me. This is really, really painful. And um, 
we're going through a, not only a pandemic in terms of this crazy disease, but we're going through a pandemic in terms of this crazy loss. We all know somebody that by name now that he's gone, that he's no longer with us, that he's in hospital, that he's left or whatever. And it's incredibly challenging to make sense of it. But again, it's not about making sense of this. It's about going through it and eventually accepting what it is. The biggest thing that people, the biggest mistake that people make when they go through grief is they don't allow themselves to move on. You know, people say, well, time heals everything. Yeah. And it's not the time that heals. It's what you do with that time that heals. I know people that have been through grief for 20, 30, 40 years oh my God. that are still not over it, well, that are still not over it. Now, okay, mm. that's, that's, okay. that's useful, I mean, to know, but, but when you say what they do with the time, what do you actually mean? Do you have to, are there, <laughs> are there exercises? Is there a workshop? Is there, is there a way that you can fill your day with things that will make that grief more bearable for the person who's been through it? And, and then the follow-up to that is, how do the rest of us make a meaningful contribution? Because my, my problem is, I'm not the world's most empathetic person. I try to be compassionate. Those two are different things. But the fact is, uh, I, I don't know how, how I can help. And if I don't have a way to help you, I feel pretty useless as well. So I'm not sure what to do. People say, just listen. Right. People say, just right. listen. I'm like, well, what good is that going to do? Yeah. You know, what mm -hmm. do I do with that? I mean, so, I so I'll answer it in two ways. Number one, Again, the acceptance eventually happens as you live out what it is as opposed to hold on to what no longer exists, what you wish it was. So what people do is they kind of cover themselves with a duvet and withdraw from the world and hope that they eventually will accept what it is. But no, what you're doing is you're hiding from the reality of what it is. You have to live your life. And I need to say that that is the most difficult thing to do. You know, well, you don't know this, but I lost my dad two years ago, just a little bit over two years ago. My dad passed away at 64 years old of a sudden heart attack. And I've got all the knowledge in the world. I'm not over it. And I'll never get over it. And the truth is, when I say to people, live out what it is, I'm saying live out what it is, but it's the most difficult thing that you could do. It's not easy. And will somebody get over it? Will some people get over it a minute later, depending on the relationship? And some people never get over it. But the reality, you know, somebody except uh, a friend of mine said to me, Hanan, how does it feel losing your dad? And people that have gone through loss understand this. It feels like your world goes from 3D, ultra, ultra beautiful, colorful life to suddenly going black and white. And mm. the interesting thing is that you don't even want it to go back to ultra, ultra 3D. You want to leave it as black and white. You just don't want to, you don't want to accept uh, the, the beauty or the color or the good stuff. But as you live out your life in terms of what it is, still be the father that you are, still be the partner that you are, still be the friend that you are, still be the worker that you are, still be the person that you are currently. Mm. It's amazing what happens to your brain is it starts to adjust and accept. You know, I always give the analogy of bungee jumping. Mm. If people go, well, let me just feel like it and then I'll do it. Well, people will then never do it. What yeah. you have to do is jump and jump and jump and jump and jump and jump and jump. And after 10, 20, 30, 40 times, now your heart follows the, the, your head. Now your heart follows. It's never the head 
then the heart. It's always behavior, then the heart follows. So live your life in terms of what it is. And to answer your question, Gareth, what can we do for people that, that are grieving? Give them what they need. Give them what they need. I remember when I was sitting mourning my dad, people were coming sit, sitting next to me, giving me the biggest stories, the biggest lessons, and I was like, just fuck off. Mm. That's not what I need. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. I just actually need somebody to sit next to me and cry with me. That's what I needed. And I'm not saying, by the way, that everybody needs that. Sure. But give the person what they need in that moment, not what you think they need. But sometimes they need something and they don't articulate it because they're not sure they need that. And then sometimes what they, what they want isn't what they need. Completely. You have to sit down and sometimes you have to become a little bit of a detective. So you give, you give them comfort by not saying anything. And they will let you know whether that's enough or not. And if it's not enough, then you try something else. Maybe they need some practical measures. Maybe they need you to make them lunch. Maybe they need you to bring them groceries. Hmm. Maybe they need touch. Maybe they need an explanation. Maybe they need to, for you to just to sit down and cry with them. But sit down and they will let you know whether what you're giving them is what they're actually fishing for. Hmm. Sure. With all of this going on, it is very difficult to to deal with an overload of of emotion. And obviously, you know, COVID has been a, a particularly strange situation. But but loss is part of human life. It's part of what we all have to go through. And I don't want to be too practical about this. But you know, we also have to accept that we don't live forever and that life isn't safe. You know, you have all these people running around with stay safe as their motto. But that's not what life is. Life is not safe. Existence is not safe, not for any creature or any plant that has ever existed. We're all there for a very short yeah. time. And and safety, looking for safety, looking for a way to keep things as uh, as cosseted as possible is is no way to live either, right? No, you you can't you can't live in your comfort zone. That's merely just existing. It's not living. Nobody is very proud of kind of staying in their comfort zone and not experiencing and doing and creating and achieving. Nobody ever gets to 120 years old and goes, "Well, I'm glad I stayed in my comfort zone." People go, "Well, I'm glad I stepped out." Mm-hmm. But loss is one of those things that you can't read about and become an expert on. And when it happens, you're like, "Oh, I've studied this." It doesn't work that way. You know, you can, you know, so, so people ask me, what's better when somebody passes away unexpectedly or when somebody is sick for a long period of time? And so you get to actually say goodbye because you know what to expect. And I want to tell you in my practice, they're both as devastating. They're both as devastating because even if you kind of prepare for a person's passing and you have months or weeks or however long, even years to say goodbye, when it happens, your brain goes, I don't like this. This mm. is brand new. I'm used to the jungle. Now I'm in the desert and the <laughs> rules have changed and I don't like it. So there's no preparing for it, even though it is, of course, part and parcel of life. You know, what do you sure. explain to your kids? My six-year-old asked me yeah, yesterday in the car, says, Dad, can, does anybody live forever? And I said, no. He said, can somebody live to 200 years old? I said, no. How do you explain even to kids the concept of loss? Yeah, it's a it's a very difficult thing for a kid to understand, certainly for an adult to accept. Yeah. Um, Leanne, you, you've you've also I mean, everybody's dealt with a huge amount of loss. But when you when you come to dealing with it, do you have any any kind of 
useful advice as to what to tell people if they're going through it because or what to what to do with that thing that Dr. Hanan says is what they need? Yeah. Um I think what's <clears throat> what's been interesting for me is to experience a loss in the family and then see how the different family members deal with it. And that for me has given me such perspective on how different people deal with, with grief. Um, just within one family, you can see, um, let's call it the nine people who've been affected by the loss sure. behave so differently. So if, if it's that vast, I mean, I'm so much alike my brother, yet we, we react so differently in these situations. Um, how do you even start as a, as a human being with finding a good way of helping someone? It's really difficult because the situation is so individual. Hmm. Um, but, but that, giving the person what they need, is, is really important. And I think it becomes difficult where the person has been in, in this phase of grief for, like you say, Dr. Hanan, decades Jeez. You know, it's so easy to lose patience with these people, um, and especially as a family member, and to say, well, if they're not going to pull themselves out of it, then I actually don't know what more to do. It's terrible um, because because they get stuck, Leanne. And, and, you know, they say there's the whole concept of uh, process of grief or stages of grief. I don't know if you've heard of it, but people say you go through a couple of stages. You start with shock, then you go to denial then then I can't believe it. And you go to bargaining. Only if I did this, the person will come back. Then you go to anger. Then you go to guilt. I feel so bad. Then you go to depression. And then you eventually finish at acceptance. And the mistake that people make is they think that it's linear. You go from stage one to stage two to stage three, and eventually you get to acceptance. But what you have to accept is that these stages do this. Sometimes you go from one to seven to two to three to one to seven in a split second. <laughs> so you might meet somebody that goes, uh, and you meet them and you go, oh, my God, they're so jovial. They're so happy. They must have accepted it. Two minutes later, they're bawling their eyes out crying because mm. the brain goes, I still don't like it. And that's okay. And that's okay. You know, we have this misconception that healing means that we are just happy full stop. Mm. No, we listen, we are broken human beings. That's the way it works. We are born into this world, a perfect puzzle piece, and life fucks us up in all different funny ways. Mm. That's life. We never go back to being whole again. It doesn't exist. So even the notion of <laughs> be whole so you can meet somebody whole, be healthy so you can meet somebody healthy. Where the fuck did you read that? <laughs> Who told you that? Uh, yeah. We some, never get to a horrible, point where some, we whole. Some motivational speaker. Some, some motivational speakers <laughs> selling books with that nonsense in it, right? Completely. Yeah. yeah. Be whole so you can meet somebody who's whole. Show me one person that's whole. That's a complete person. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Maybe uh, on your on your Instagram feed, maybe, but in yeah, real life, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. We are dented in funky ways, in funny ways, and how we manage it and how we play it and how we engage people with that brokenness is what makes you healthy or unhealthy, period. Yeah, listen, there's some there's some interesting stories coming up in the messages. I just want your reaction to one or two of these before we, we wrap this up this morning. Uh, first of all, Audrey says, Dr. Hanan, your video, it's going to be okay because the alternative is not acceptable, made an impact. That's very nice. Uh, this is interesting too. You never get over it, but you need to move on, says Steph. I think that's more, more or less in line with what you've just said now. Uh, Tracy agreeing, saying giving someone what they need instead of what they want, that is where the healing lies. Um, and then in inverted commas, Steph says that need 
you need to be strong speech. That doesn't often help. Like sometimes you're trying to be compassionate, but you actually make it worse by talking and talking nonsense. And then you irritate the person because they'll, if they can change from grief to anger in a second, they will, right? Because anger is much more, you can deal with anger a lot quicker than you can with grief. Completely, and it creates a reaction for no, sure. So and telling somebody to be strong, I mean, <laughs> you know, when somebody said to you know, when I was grieving, when somebody says, be strong, what, what does it mean? Must I get down and do three push-ups? What does it mean, get strong? <laughs> what does it mean? Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Instead of saying to somebody, be strong, you should actually today, if you know somebody that's grieving, ask, what can I do for you to make this better for you? Right. Yeah, I mean, like, what does be strong mean? Does it mean stop crying? And yeah. also we have to remember that the people around us when we're going through grief or vice versa, they, they're, uncomf- they're uncomfortable with our grief because they don't know how to deal with it. They, all they want to do is for you to stop crying and to feel okay. It comes from a place yeah. of love. But it also of comes course. from a place of immense um, discomfort. I notice, um, Bolelo, you've said nothing throughout here. Is that because you are not the person we should call on when we're going through grief? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, um, um, you know, my, I think I've made my – yeah, it's, it's an interesting one for me. I just – like I lost someone for, for 30 years uh, that I knew. He was literally probably my second friend when I moved to Johannesburg a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. And, um, yeah, I'm still not sure how to feel about it. And it's like – People want me to feel a certain way, but I'm like, oh, well, this is awful. I mean, I'm I'm still grieving in my own way, but he's gone forever. Like, what, what must I do? I, I don't I don't know how how to react. People want me to react. Like, I'm not gonna I'm not crying about it. So what? Am I not feeling it like you? So it's a tricky one for me because I don't defer to I don't know the emotional side in this type of thing. It's it's awful for me in my in my alone time when I think about it. Yeah, you're much more stoic and practical. I, I yeah, I, and I'm not a tough guy. The other thing is, I'm not a tough guy. I don't like to come or uh, pretend I'm a tough guy. I'm I'm really not. I know some tough people. It's uh, death is tough because forever is a long time. You know, mm. it's a really really long time. So, you know, I have my own way of dealing with it. And but as do you, I grow, do you I feel that, do you feel people are actually disappointed in you that you're not wailing like a like a banshee? I I I know that two people in particular because I'm just like. You know, I'm. I have to. I'm. I'm moving on. The guy's mm. gone forever. It's awful. I've. I, you know, I knew nobody like him uh, in my entire life, but he's gone. Well, what? What? What can I do? There's, there's nothing I can do to bring him back. I'm not religious. The guy's gone. Mm. You know, what? What do you want? What, how do you want me to feel? I feel. Do I feel sad? Yes. Do I feel broken? Yes. But I still have to go to work tomorrow. You know, I still have to be a son to my mother. I still have to be a. <clears throat> Excuse me, a, a brother to my sister and a friend to my to my beloved that are yeah, and that's the healing, and that's the healing, that's the healing part. Moving forward and living life with what it is, as opposed to holding on to what you wish it would be. Yeah. And I don't want to be insensitive, uh, Doctor Hanan. I like I understand we all deal with forever again is a long time, and the connection I had to this person was deep. I don't want to be insensitive and say I'm right. I'm just saying it's right for me. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, and I'm not an empath, so I'm I'm not the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Do not come to me for, for empathy. I'm, I'm I'm afraid. Yeah. The, some of us are better at that than others, right? Okay, Doctor Hanan, that's all we got time for this week. But I, I I do think we've just scratched the surface with this one too, because there's a lot of stuff to talk about here, and and people are going through people are going through some pretty wild stuff at the moment, and we we need all the help we can get to navigate our way out. 
Thanks very right. much. I'm here. Nice to see you guys. All right. Good to see you too. We'll, we'll see right. you in a week's time. There we go, Dr. Hanan Bushkin. And um, a look at something that I think many people are, are struggling with right now. So there we go. Cliffcentral.com.